Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. Who likes sharing good news? Come on, raise your hand. You like sharing good. Who's got good news you want to tell me? Real quick, real quick. What you got? Oh, you stole my thunder, brother. You stole my thunder. Okay, I'll go ahead and bring it up, bring it up. Okay, so here's the good news. <laughs> Lewis will be in the, uh, he'll be at the 10, 15 service, but we were, with, Caleb and I and Pastor Barry was, and Lewis, we went golfing yesterday evening. It was hot. It was hot. But uh, on the second hole, Lewis, uh, I never witnessed this personally. Had you ever, Caleb, witnessed ever? And so he hit and he made a hole in one. Come on, someone. That was awesome. We're excited about that. But what about like good news? You like sharing good news? Who, who else got some good news? Who, what you got? What you got? Oh, come on. Great grandbaby. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about De Quincey? What about the jail? What's the good news y'all got to share? Just shout it out. Shout it out. We'll hear it in the spirit. Can I, can I get an amen? What's some other good news you like sharing about? Yes. All right, yes, yes. Y'all excited about that, huh? Where, where about? In war, okay, excellent, excellent. Who else? I saw another hand, yes. I'll tell you, that's good news. Yes, she got baptized. Come on, give her a hand, clap, yes! But engagement, when you get, anybody get, get engaged recently, or you want to share that good news? Uh, anybody wants to get engaged? You know, we can... <laughs> Hook you up, right? Oh, we got fingers pointing. Uh, we get, look, <laughs> got their hands up. Uh, we'll get together later and see if we can match you guys up. Matchmaker, matchmaker, let's make a match. <laughs> make sure you pick. I can't rhyme, so I'll, I'll stop there. I, tell, I was trying to rhyme with Pastor Sam the other day. I was saying, look, look, Pastor Sam, I'm rapping. And so I did stuff. He said, nothing rhymes, you said. <laughs> but we like sharing good news, right? And it's, it's awesome, and you get excited, you get a new car, man, you want to tell everybody you got a new car, new house, you want to tell everybody you got a new house. I mean, it's just good to talk about good news. You get a new job, get a raise, a baby, all of these things are just fun, and you can't wait to tell someone. I mean, you're just chomping at the bit. You'll put it online, you'll call, you'll, everybody you see, it's what's coming out of your mouth. I mean, because why? Good news is fun to share. And so the title of today's message is... Guess what? Good news. All right. But it's a it's a good news that goes beyond cars and houses and babies. It's the good news of the gospel. And I want you to see the title there. It says the daily gospel. Good news. You know, I think too many times we listen to the daily gossip instead of the the daily gospel. Too much time we spread the daily gossip, instead of spreading the daily gospel. 
Because, look, the gospel of Jesus Christ, gospel actually means good news. We're all called to preach the gospel to all of humanity. I said all. You all want to know what that means? That means you too, right? I want you to see in Mark 16 and 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I want you to go everywhere. I want you to preach the gospel to, to everyone. Let them hear the word. What's interesting, it says all creation. It's funny because I, I was just thinking about this. Uh, and you can try this if you want. I've got a tree way back in the back 40 of my pastor uh, that I'll go sit under. And my kids can verify this. Uh, this tree that I sit under and meditate I go in the evening mostly, and I meditate on a tree about how I lived out that day, and did it match up with the way God says we should live out our day, asking the Holy Spirit to help, and it's a beautiful exercise to do at the end of the day, but I'll talk to that tree, and I'm leaning against that tree, and, and when you look at that tree, that tree actually has excelled all the rest of the trees. It's interesting that when the gospel is preached, It doesn't just have an effect on mankind. It actually has an effect on the land. That's why in the scripture, ooh, thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit. That's why in the scripture it says, if my people are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray uh, and seek my face, repent, seek my face. It says, I would come and do what? Heal the land. And so when we're preaching the gospel, everything does well. Not just humanity, but even the earth is affected by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I tried, Cindy, preaching when we were raising rabbits. I tried preaching them rabbits, and they just, they, they were just into this polygamy thing. I couldn't get them out of that, amen? <laughs> I, I never did get them saved, so we got rid of the rabbits, y'all. <laughs> but we're to preach the gospel. What is the gospel? Are y'all getting it? What, are we, what is the gospel? The good news. Mark 1, 14 and 15, it says, now after John was taken into custody. So here, uh, this is when John was arrested. I want you to see what Jesus did, does after John gets arrested. Okay, he just received bad news. That's his cousin. He, he cares dearly about John. And when John uh, ends up getting arrested here, he, uh, what did he do? Did he, you know, did he mope around? Did he, what did he end up doing? What he ended up doing is this. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come uh, near. Uh, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. So when the devil attacked someone he cared about, you know what he did? He punched the devil back in the face by going preach the gospel. Sometimes when we get into something or the devil attacks us, we need to get back at him. And that's how you get back at him. You go preach the good news. You go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone. Because that's what we're doing. And I want you to understand also that the gospel is good news, but it starts off with repentance. And we almost treated that as a bad word now in the church world, where we're not supposed to tell people to repent. We're supposed to just say, hey, you just need to accept Jesus. Well, part of the good news is dealing with the bad news first. You know, you ever got asked uh, what you want, the, the, the bad news or the good news first? Give me the bad news because I'd rather have the good news on the back end. 
Well, the bad news is we're judged and we, we, gotta, we are sinful people and we've got to turn from our sins. So you have to repent. But the good news is your sins will be forgiven. Can I get an amen? And, and then you start in with the gospel. So the gospel, we're called to preach to all creation. You know, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? I want to I ask that right here. Let me fix this mic. Kind of got stuck on my back with the sweat from being outside. Come on, someone. There we go. So what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, we all say that we know it, but honestly, can we explain it? If I asked you and and came brought a mic to you and said, explain to me the gospel of Jesus Christ, can you do it? Can you do it? Because 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, it says, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. And what's what he says? Always. Say always. So that means right now, if I came out to you, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and with respect. And so here, one of the things the gospel also you see that the good news should be shared with gentleness and with what? Respect. Not with being mean-spirited, but with gentleness and and respect and that comes from loving uh, humanity right because when you love someone you you're going to you're going to listen to them differently and you're going to share with them differently amen and so the gospel is the central message of salvation for the hope of humanity but what is it how do you explain it guys when we normally come in today we watch the lifehouse university commercial but Normally when we come in, before I come up, we share a a vision bumper, and what does that vision bumper entail? Can anyone tell me? Tell me, somebody. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Somebody. Cindy. The Apostles' Creed. I heard it being said. That's the Apostles' Creed. If you want to understand how to share the gospel, just use the Apostles' Creed. Learn it and use it. You know, you we got to quit telling people, you know, what do you believe in? Oh, I believe in the Bible. Well, what does that say? That, I mean, really, what does that say if they don't even know the Bible? You know, we, we, when, they, when they ask us, you know, what do we believe in? Well, I believe in, of course, the Word of God, but this is honestly the doctrinal statement that has been used for thousands of years uh, throughout humanity to explain what we believe. And I think if it's been used for that long, we need to keep using it. Now, let me say the other thing. A lot of times we're not sharing the good news with people because we don't think that it has uh, relevance to helping someone. When we see someone that's, that's got issues going on or they lost, we think we've got to solve it by all these worldly wisdom ways. And we start coming at it in all these different angles. Instead of just going to the simplicity of the gospel that is able to change someone's life. That's why he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who would believe. Listen, what, we're, what I'm about to share with you, if you want to see people's lives change, we need to share it with them. And when I say gospel, I think many times we replace the word gospel with inviting to church. Listen, inviting them to church is not sharing the gospel. 
Uh, it's almost has become a cop-out for Christians, <clears throat> where it's easier, let me just do that, instead of learn what the gospel is and be able to share it with them. To be honest with you, lost people don't care about the church uh, because they don't know Jesus yet. We need to first share with them Jesus, and once they find Jesus, they will find the church. Can I get an amen? They will find and, and get a hold of the church. And so it's very important for us to realize that and understand that. But the central message and the theme, and we're going to use the Apostles' Creed to just walk through that for a few minutes. So first is we believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of the heavens and the earth. This is very essential because if, if a person does not believe that God created them, then they're going to have a hard time believing that he's God. And so God created everything. And you can go in the scriptures and show them that. But he created everything. And when he created everything, he also made Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, uh, everything was perfect. It was just like it's supposed to be. But God gave them a choice. And I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So that they can have a choice to choose whether they would serve God or not. And so, but in that choice, they made the wrong choice. And because they made the wrong choice, sin drove a wedge between them and God. So they had to get kicked out of the garden, and there was a wedge driven, and now death reigned over man. And so by one man did sin come into the world, by Adam, and death ruled and reigned. But right after they messed up, guess what? God in his love and in his kindness prophesied and said that he was going to send a Savior that was going to fix that mess up. So that he can bring man back to himself. And then that's when we come to the next part of the Apostles' Creed, which is we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, say only. only. And so a lot of people think, oh, you know, you know there's, other, there's other names for Jesus. No, he's the only one. Amen. And so we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son. And for God so loved the world, he what? Gave him for us, right? Uh, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. In other words, it wasn't by the will of man that Jesus came into the world. It was by the will of God, the Father, that he came into the world. We see this in Luke 2, and you made reference to it, uh, Pastor Jay. Luke 2, 8 through 11. It says, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and I want you to hear this, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel uh, said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what? Good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, not just the Jewish people, all the people. A lot of times people say, well, you know, uh, it'll go around where, you know, the Bible, that's just a white man's religion. No, it's not. It's an all people religion. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, of course, the Middle East uh, had the word of God first. But Africa actually had the word of God and grew in the word of God way before America did. I don't know if you knew that. I just want to throw that out. But it says it's for all people. For all people, it says, for today in the city 
of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, I wanted to bring you reference back to the glory of the Lord shown around them. Who wants the glory of the Lord to be in your life? Well, guess what? Share the gospel. Because God will put his glory where the gospel is being shared. And so we're to share about God created all this. God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus Christ. And Jesus came and he was born of a virgin. And then he lived a perfect life. Say perfect. So he was sinless. He did not sin at all. Some even call themselves Christian religions don't believe that. And so, but he did not sin. He was sinless. And he did many wonder, wonderful miracles and many wonders proving who he was. But then what happened? He suffered under the hands of Pontius Pilate, which is part of Apostles' Creed, was crucified, died, and was buried. And he descended to the dead. And so he was, he was dead. And this is why. Because he had to die for our sins. Because the wrath that was set for you and me, because Jesus became the perfect sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb, that wrath came upon him instead of coming upon us. And so this is important to understand. In Romans 5, 8 and 9, it said, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, who died for us? Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. Let me ask you this. Are we justified by his works? So it's not, you can't, you know, work your way to heaven. When someone says, well, I do good. I think I'm going to go to heaven because I do good. Our works are as filthy, filthy rags, the Bible says. And so it, we're not justified by our works. We're justified by his work. And we're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. We shall be saved from what? The wrath of God through him. And so we are saved, actually, if you read the scriptures, from the wrath of God. We're saved from sin and death. And we are saved from this perverse generation. That's what the death of Jesus Christ did for you and I. We were saved from these things. We were forgiven. Our sins were forgiven us. They were cast as far as the east as to the west. As the prophet Isaiah said, he said, instead of God paying you back for your sins, he's going to pay you back double in blessings for the sins you committed. Wow. That's even hard to comprehend. That's why in that same prophecy it says, my ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. And so you're going to have a hard time even wrapping yourself around it. But that is the goodness of God. And that's what God will do for you. He took on the wrath of God, came upon Jesus so it wouldn't come upon us. And we were forgiven of all of our sins. But he goes further than that. We were reconciled. See, we were far away from God. Jesus basically came in, took the wedge that had separated mankind from the Father and removed the wedge out of the way so that it would be reconciled once more. That we would all have sweet fellowship with the Father like Adam did in the garden, in the cool of the day, as they walked together and fellowship together. <clears throat> Jesus Christ in his death tore the veil from the top to the bottom, opening up the way 
where everybody who believes on Jesus, who's justified by the blood of the Lamb, could enter in to the Holy of, <coughs> the Holy of Holies and be able to go to the mercy seat of God, and God would help them in their time of need. So we all have access. That's what Jesus' death did. It gave you and I access. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big deal. Most of Christianity just thinks of the cross as forgiveness. Yes, I love the forgiveness, but it's more than just forgiveness. It's access, that we have access to the Father. We've been reconciled to the Father, and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation that we would reconcile the rest of the world to the Father. Wow. Wow. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good stuff. And then as the Apostle Creed goes, on the third day, he rose again. Whoo, hallelujah, somebody. He rose again. He ascended to the heavens, into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. There's a lot there. But I want you to see Romans 5, 10 and 11. It says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through his death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his what? Life. And not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And so, man, this is what Jesus did for you and I. And here's the thing. He didn't just die, but he was rose from the dead. And so Paul actually says this. If Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead, then we are a pitiful people. You see, that's what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. All the other religions in the world have people die for the cause. But none of those religions, say none, none of those religions had the leader be raised from the dead. And then ascend up to the heavens where he is seated at the right hand of the Father, which confirmed Everything Jesus taught, which confirmed the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Why? By the proof of his resurrection from the dead, which was confirmed by many people for days after his resurrection. And even today, as people see Christ in visions and Christ visits people, but even 500 people watched him ascend up from earth in a, and go up into the heavens. And even Stephen, when he was being stoned, the heavens opened and he saw Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of the Father. By the way, the scripture says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He don't stand until you do something that impresses him. Can I get an amen? So this is... The Lord that we serve. We serve a living God. And so this is not a dead God. It's a living God. Amen? That never gets old. That's ancient, but never gets old. It's always relevant. It's the only power that can set one free from sin and death. It's the only power that can take us from our sinful nature and turn us into a new creature. Can I get an amen? amen? 
It's the power of God. The same power that raised him up from the grave is the same power operating in you and I to live out his plan upon the earth for the glory of his name, for the glory of the Father, for the glory of his name, and for the love of mankind. Woo, man. See, we're told in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So because of sin, we were dead, but because of the, the gracious gift, God, how many you know God is good? And he has no desire that any should perish. It doesn't do him, he wants everyone to be saved. It actually says that the will of God is that everyone would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everyone. It's a gracious gift. He, he, has, he said, I'll give it to the whole world. This is for the whole world. It's not just for the Jews. This is for the whole world. I want everyone to have it. All you got to do is you got to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is how you do it. Romans 10, verse 8. It says this. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. If you recall, a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about uh, freedom to choose, this is a derivative coming from the, uh, the first five books of the Bible when I, when I extracted that out, where he said that uh, this is not too hard. He said this is not too hard, that you can do this. This is not out of your reach. And he said because the word is near you and in your mouth, and in your heart, and this is what he says, that is the word of faith which we are preaching. And this is what it is, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Wow. Wow. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap on that. See, it's not just saying it with your mouth. You got to believe it in your heart. And it's not just saying, well, I believe it in my heart. No, you got to confess it with your mouth. And it says, for with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. Wow. So this is why when we ask people who the Holy Spirit is moving on and drawing on to repent of their sins and to put their faith in Jesus Christ, to believe in Jesus, that he didn't just come but he died and he rose again from the dead, that he is the only son of God, that when you put your faith and your trust in that, you confess it with your mouth. So when we have people pray, that's why we have them pray that with their mouth because you got to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. I can help you with the mouth thing, but it's you and the Holy Spirit on the heart thing. Can I get an amen? you got to do that in the heart, and you will be saved. And then once you are saved, I love the Apostles' Creed, because it ends up like this, because this is what we hold to. This is what we run with. It says, once you say, guess what? We believe in the Holy Spirit, because we were born again by the Spirit of Almighty God, and He came in, He gave us a new heart, and He came in, He lives inside of us. The Spirit of God is actually inside of us, and then the Spirit of God actually comes upon us. Can I get an amen? Being filled with the Spirit he, he, comes upon, he comes in us when we're saved, and he comes upon us so that we can be filled with him to go and preach the gospel to all creation. And he says, so I believe in the Holy Spirit. Who believes in the Holy Spirit in this place? I believe in the universal church. 
Guys, this, we're not us four no more. How many of you know the church is worldwide? It's the biggest organization in the world. There's no other organization. There's no country as big as the Christian church because we are the universal church. There's one God, one spirit, one baptism. Yes, there's denomination, but that's tribes. That has nothing to do with the universal. The universal church is all who call upon the name of Jesus, confess him with their mouth, and believe in their heart. Come on, someone. This is the doctrine of God. And the communion of the saints, that we have communion because guess what? We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. You and I, we have been brought together as the family of God. Come on, I'm your brother from another mother with the same father. Come on, someone. We have been brought together. That was a little rap right there. Come on. Mm, mm, mm. We've been brought together, the communion of saints. And watch this, the forgiveness of sins. We talked about that. Oh, the resurrection of the body. Come on, in this world, it's kind of broken down. We get replacement parts and all that kind of stuff. And this body dies, but we don't experience the second death. Why? Because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ comes back and blows that trumpet, guess what? That body's going to meet our spirit in the sky. And you're going to get your 25-year-old body back. (laughs) And it's going to have no ailments. It's going to be completely healthy. The resurrection of the body. Woo! And everlasting life. You see, it's not just people think, man, well, I got to live a Christian life. We talked about this. Uh, I got to live the Christian life so I can, you know, have good things on earth. By the way, that's called materialism. That's the doctrine of materialism. That's not why we live a Christian life. But most people, that's why they live a Christian life. That's materialism. We live a Christian life to glorify God. Amen. That's it. And, and, to un- and we understand that this is just a, a smoke going up. That our life is like a vapor of smoke. It's, it's, it's so short. The flower is here today, gone tomorrow. We understand that it's a very short time frame in our life. We understand that there is an eternity. We understand that there's a new heaven and a new earth coming. We understand that Jesus Christ is going to come back. Not as a lamb, but as a lion. And he's going to be riding upon that horse with eyes of fire and a tongue of a sword. And he's going to come. He's going to set things right. This old earth is messed up. We're going to get another one. Come on, someone. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and have confessed him with your mouth and believe in him with your heart and been born again. Guys, this is the good news. This is the good news. Can I tell you something about good news? When we have good news, we want to share it with others until it gets old. Then we stop sharing it. Oh, I got a new car. Man, it's great. Mercy was celebrating. She got a, a, a new old car. Come on, somebody. But it's new for her. And her friend, uh, Sydney, she had got a car. 
And Mercy was in the road, jumping up and down, and Sydney's driving her car down the road, and they're all excited about it. And man, they're taking care of it. Come on, y'all been there? You get that new thing? Telling everyone about it. But after a while, you don't tell no one about it anymore. Come on, you're eating French fries and dropping all kind of you know, ice cream in it, and just, it don't matter anymore, because you don't tell no one about your car no more. You just drive it. You, just, you don't do it. I mean, babies, you, they first get born. Oh, look at it. It's so cute. It's awesome. Oh, look, everybody see this baby. Everybody see this baby. And after a few years, someone take this baby. Someone take this kid. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Things get old, and we, we don't share. Even a great story, the Holy One. Oh, yeah, man, the Holy One. Good. Ah. We, you know, we may bring it up here and there, but there's no excitement in a few months, in a year. We just, yeah, that happened. And the excitement's gone, the enthusiasm's gone. Because all of those good news things, let me tell you something, doesn't hold a candle to the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel. We cannot allow it to become old. As a matter of fact, while I was sharing the gospel, did it excite you? Because if it didn't excite you, it has become old for you. And let me ask this question. When's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? That tells you if it's old or not. We've got to, guys. We've got to share it. Listen, Romans 10, 14 says, How then uh, are they to call upon him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? Now, here's the problem. In today's world, you look at me as the preacher. Come on, preach it, preacher. No, listen. We're all the preachers. You and I are the preachers. A preacher just means a proclaimer. We've, we've, we've uh, narrowed it down to being someone who speaks on, on the uh, altar in a service. And that's the preacher. Guys, same thing. You're all priests and you're all preachers. And we're all called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, each and every one of us. So how can we get the enthusiasm and the urgency back so that we can share the good news of Jesus Christ to others? Go ahead with the slide, please. To share Jesus Christ with others. We must realize it is the purpose of why we're still here on the earth. See, we have falsely thought that we're here so that we can just use up the earth. No, we're not here to use up the earth. We are here to change the earth. We're here to impact the earth. Do you not realize that he calls us ambassadors? That the only Jesus they're going to meet first is you. You're the ambassador. You're the representative of God. And we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Why else would we be still on this earth? Why not get saved and he'd take us right then? He has the power to do that. Because it's not. It's a mission that we're on. And that mission is to win all of humanity to God. We need to get back to that mission. We're always wondering and asking, where God? Where God? Where? Where should I do this? Where should I go? Where God? Quit worrying about the where and start worrying about the what. Preach the gospel, and God will put you where you need to be. Can I get an amen? amen? The second thing is we must not be ashamed of the gospel 
or be afraid of inadequacies or rejection. First of all, you know, I watch people, they, they, they start out, you know, being bold in the gospel. And I've watched pastors do this. I've watched uh, famous people do this. I've watched a lot of musicians, Christian musicians, that we even sing their songs and everything else do this. Where all of a sudden, when asked about the gospel or lifestyles, they become ashamed of what Jesus teaches. Or they like their fame more than the truth. And then they cave and they stop because they're ashamed of who Jesus is. We cannot be ashamed of who he is. He didn't just say, you know, ashamed of my name. He said, my name and my word. That means his name and his teachings. We can't be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who would believe. And then also the inadequacies where uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can do this. First of all, you can because you're a new creature and this creature proclaims God. The original purpose of mankind was to uh, talk about who the Father is. The original purpose was to, for us to talk about our Creator. And so it is in you, this, this renewed you, this new creature that you are, has the power to share the gospel. Now, you have to do your part. If you never read the gospel, you're going to have a hard time sharing the gospel. If you just read gossip, you share gossip, that don't change anyone. But if you read the gospel and you share the gospel, that's going to change someone. So yes, you have to apply yourself by reading the word, renewing the mind, so that now you have that to draw from to share. But we have something else helping us, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws people. The Holy Spirit opens doors. The Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth. The Holy Spirit will do this. You're not alone. We are not alone in this work. He is here to help you with it. Can I get an amen? So you don't have to be inadequate. Or rejection. Where you're like, man, I just don't like being rejected. I'll tell you what, I'd rather be rejected by man than rejected by God. You need to be more afraid of being rejected by God than being rejected by man. But here's the thing. Your rejection does not mean, when they reject you, it does not mean that a seed was not planted. Because guess what? One plants, another waters, but God brings the increase. You know, you may step up to the plate and only get a base hit and go away and say, well, I didn't get a home run. It's okay. You got a base hit. Someone else is going to come in their life and hit a double and, and bring in the run. Can I get an amen? You've got you to gotta realize that. You got to realize that. Well, I struck out. <laughs> well, I'd rather, if you never go to bat, you'll never hit it. Guys, Jesus rejected, spit on, beaten. And the Bible says, all who desire to live godly shall suffer persecution. We cannot be afraid of what man does to us. He said, instead, you ought to be afraid for what I can do to you. He said, preach my word, preach my word. And then lastly, we must love humanity enough to want to bring them with us to eternity with Elohim for eternal life. We've got to love humanity enough for this.
And, you know, I'll give you a story. It's where our heart has to be. It has to be there, church. We have to be at this place. We can never, you know, one of the things we do uh, here at the church, we started New Movers, where we, uh, when someone new moves into the community, we actually uh, will go visit them, cold call, straight up cold call. Why? Because they're worth it. Why? Because what Jesus did is worth them hearing. We will go visit them. Because you have to go after the loss. By the way, one of the things I've recognized since uh, Miss Darlene, since we've been doing this, is 90, about 98% of everyone we visited out of hundreds of families, 98% of them are all lost. Wow. Wow. And this is the heart. This is the heart. You know, Cindy, Cindy and I, uh, we had uh, Easter one year when we were pastoring in Donsonville, and we had eight kids, and we got ready, and, you know, we're getting in the vehicle, we're heading to Donsonville, we're halfway to Donsonville, and one of the kids, Sarah, recognized that one of the, the baby, Asa, was not in the baby seat. And Sarah said, where's Asa? And I thought, he got out of the seat? How did he get out of the seat? No, he ain't there. He's back at home. Now, Cindy and I could have said, well, we got 88% of them. I mean, that's pretty good. Seven out of eight ain't bad. And we could have just went on to church. But how many think we went on to church? I said, no, they can't start without us. Turn around. (laughs) So we turned around. Here's the thing. Asa didn't even know (laughs) that he had been left behind. But we knew. There are people out there that you know, that you work with, that are your neighbors, that are your family. They don't even know they're being left behind. Are we satisfied with just, well, I got my family. We got the people in our church. No. 88% ain't enough. Another story, this family overseas actually had eight children. And a fire uh, broke loose in their house. This is a couple hundred years ago. A fire uh, broke loose in their house. And the dad and the mom, they were trying to get all the kids out. And when they got them all out, the the house was engulfed with flames. They started counting. It was nighttime. They started counting, and they realized they had seven of the eight kids, and there was one still in the house. What if he had said, well, I got seven out of eight? No. You know what they did? They went in that house, and they got that kid, and you know who he was? John Wesley. If you don't know who that is, that's a great preacher. There are people that the world is on fire and they need us to go get them and by rescuing them they may be the next Billy Graham A.W. Tozer they may be the the next person that God uses to just reach the multitudes regardless they may be a Christian. Can I get an amen? 
that needs saving. We need to go after him. You say, well, is that the heart of God? Well, God does one better. He said, I'm not happy when there's 99. He said, if I got 99% of everyone in, that's not enough for me. I want you to leave the 99, and I want you to go out, and I want you to get that one that's out there. I want you to get that one that's out there, and I want you to bring them in because I care about them. I love them. And if our Father cares about them and He loves them, then we should care about them and we should love them and we should reach them and we should preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? We should preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet, everyone in here. Stand to your feet. De Quincy, stand to your feet. At the jail, stand to your feet. In your house, stand to your feet. You have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of God and the salvation. If the Lord is moving on you right now, De Quincy, the jail, right here, in your house watching this, online watching this, if you are here and you know there's a wedge between you and God, there's a wedge. I'm here to tell you that Jesus can take that wedge away and he can reconcile you to the Father. But to do it, you've got to turn away from your ways. You've got to turn away from the world and you've got to turn to Jesus Christ. In De Quincey, at the jail, in your house, online, in this room, if you're in this room and the Holy Spirit is drawing you to give your life to Him, to confess Him as Lord, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Raise it. Thank you. Raise your hand. 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 Who else says, that's me, Pastor, over there? Thank you. Who else says, that's me, Pastor, over in the back? Over in the back. Cole, back here. Cole, come help us over here. Who else says, that's me, Pastor? That's me. What about De Quincey? Is that you? The prison, is that you? Who is it? At your house, is that you? The Lord says, I want you. I want you. I want you. I'm going to do something radical and crazy because you're going to have to in the world. If you raise your hand, you got leaders that have come around you, I want you to get down here at this altar right now. Come on, if you raise your hand to give your life to Jesus, get down to this altar. And church, I want you to go crazy in Jesus Christ for these people coming down to this altar. Come down to this altar and give your life to Jesus. Come on, give your life to Jesus. Come on, church. Give your life to Jesus, yes. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Yes, yes. I want you guys to do something. Today, salvation has come to you. It has come to you. The Lord is going to save you today. Because you're going to give him your heart. You're going to confess it with your mouth. And I'm going to help you. Church, we're going to help them. I want you to pray this with me and believe this in your heart with everything you've got. Say, Father, I come here today.
on my own free will. And I choose to believe in Jesus Christ as the only Son of God, as the Savior of the world, who died, who rose again, who is sitting right there by you. No, I just sense this. He said, I'm not sitting, I'm standing because of what's happening right here all over the place. I want you to say this, say, I believe. I put my faith in you. I decide to trust you. And I'm deciding with my own heart to follow you for the rest of my life. I make that choice. Save me, Lord, and I will be saved. Come on, pray for them, church. Father, I just pray, my God, for the power. Come on, pray down here over them. Come on, pray over them. I pray in the power of Jesus Christ to give you a new heart that the Holy Spirit would come inside of you. That the Holy Spirit would come inside of you. Touch him, Lord. Touch him. Touch him, Lord. Touch him. Touch him, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. A new life. A new life. Come on, he's removing that heart. And he's giving you another one. Oh, come on, receive this heart transplant. The power of God. Come on, the power of Jesus Christ upon you. Come on, let God do only what God can do. Save you. Save you. Transform you. By his power. By his glory. By his might. Lord, touch in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Touch them, God. Lord, in the Quincy, touch them, God. Let the prison touch them, God. In their house, touch them, my God. Let the power of your hand be upon them, Lord. In Jesus' name. saved. The power of Jesus is with you. And for the rest of us, may we be like Jeremiah, that we decided we weren't going to say nothing anymore. We decided we weren't going to preach anymore. But Jeremiah said, I tried that, but I couldn't. Because the word of God was like fire shut up in my bones. That I had to speak it. I had to say it. I couldn't be quiet any longer. I just, I want to go into this. I want to go into this song. I know we're a few minutes over, but guys, I want to go into this song singing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, everyone in here, 100% of everyone, not 99, 100%. All of you here, begin to lift up your hands, begin to lift up your hearts, and let's sing the gospel of Jesus. And may a fire come down in your soul that cannot be quenched. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes 
fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the 